0: Wow. I don't even know how to respond to that, so I'm just going to keep moving on with this sermon here. Uh, Good morning, First Christian Church. My name is Sam Guy, and I am delighted to be worshiping God with you this morning. I serve on staff here as a welcome associate, so on a normal Sunday, you'll usually see me running around in a blue welcome t-shirt, serving alongside welcome and greeters and uh, safety, hospitality, connection, parking teams. And I love serving alongside all of those welcome teams because they seek to create environments where everyone knows that God is for everyone, and therefore we are for everyone. And I am so grateful for that because the truth is our whole church, not just our welcome teams, are dedicated to that. And we've been dedicated to doing just that for 150 years. 150 years of seeking to love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories. And throughout those 150 years, God has used faithful ministers like Will Sweeney, Joe Dampier, and so many others to equip God's church today. Today we are concluding a sermon series titled Greatest Hits, a series where we are looking back over some of the greatest sermons preached at FCC over its 150-year history to discover how God has used other ministers and preachers throughout our time to propel us forward in our mission of loving God, loving everyone, making disciples, and telling our stories. And today... We are ending our sermon series on a high note because today we are going to hear a sermon from John that Don Jeans preached on February 2nd, 1997. Dr. Jeans was the senior minister at FCC from 1991 to 1997, and then he went on to be the president of Milligan College from 1997 to 2011. And many of you in this room knew Don Jeans quite well. He was a kind and trustworthy man who was committed to the people and mission of FCC. He was a determined leader who led by example and loved people well. Whenever there was a service project or a church, a workday, you would see Don Jeans down in the trenches alongside everyone else ready to work hard and serve well. He intentionally served the community outside the walls of the church, visited countless people in the hospital, and he and his wife Clarinda, they opened up their home to everyone in the church. And this, this earned Don Jeans the love and respect of everyone at FCC. And out of that love and respect, Dr. Jeans was able to preach powerful and convicting sermons that encouraged the entire church to be more faithful to God's mission. Dr. Jeans established the sermon we are about to hear using two different passages of Scripture. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19, and Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Two passages of Scripture that declare, first, that Jesus confessed as the Christ is the foundation of the church. And second, that Jesus, he is with us always to the very end of the age as we seek to fulfill the mission he has given us. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19 read, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whenever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, in, in, on earth, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20 read, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, in heaven and on earth, it has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. With these two passages of Scripture in mind, don jeans preached a powerful and convicting message on the mission of the church and on our obligation to live out and support that mission today my brother john guy not just my brother in christ but my actual biological brother will be joining us to preach the sermon that don jeans wrote some 24 years ago john joined the staff at fcc uh, just back in march and i am honored to preach alongside him today And as John preaches the sermon, I will occasionally interrupt and explain the context of that sermon and what it means for us today. So please, welcome my brother John Guy, as we prepare to hear this powerful sermon from Don Jeans.
1: There is an old saying about the church. The church is so heavenly-minded that it is of no earthly use. This statement is rooted in some truth, but it ought not to be the full story. Many people, including some well-meaning Christians, have a limited concept of the value or ministry of the church. Some say it is just an institution for hatching, matching, and dispatching. And that's it. For centuries, Many have predicted the death of the church. In 1961, Peter Berger wrote a book in which he assumed just that, the death of the church. He concluded that the church was little more than a caretaking institution for the backward and helpless among us. But the church still stands. There are over 325,000 Protestant churches in the United States of America and countless more churches of various denominations throughout the world. The church has not faded and it is not on the verge of extinction. That fact should come as no surprise to any of us because of what Jesus said, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Certainly. The church, in any time and place, will have its problems, including struggling with its spirituality and its temporal responsibility. It does so because it has human leaders, and these leaders will stumble. But the church is God-ordained and has a divine mission. Our eyes ought always to be upon God, and our hands ought always to be outstretched, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, house the homeless, to help the hurting, and lead the lost to Jesus Christ. First Christian has a similar mission. We seek to glorify God, to lead people to Jesus Christ, to help them grow in Him, and to serve humanity in His name. Let me
0: stop you for a second, John. I want all of us to zero in on that mission statement that Don Jeans offered. First Christian Church seeks to glorify God, to lead people to Jesus Christ, to help them grow in Him, and to serve humanity in His name. I love this mission statement from 1997 because it actually parallels our mission today in 2021. Our mission today is to follow Jesus who teaches us to love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories. If you compare these two FCC mission statements, one from 1997 and the other from 2021, you will see that they describe the same mission using different language. Glorifying God? Well, that means loving God, leading people to Jesus Christ, That means telling our stories, acting as missionaries, and telling people what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Helping people grow in Him, that means making disciples. And serving all humanity in His name, that means loving everyone. First Christian Church today is dedicated to the very same mission that it was dedicated to all the way back in 1997 and 120 years before then. Love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories. These four goals have been part of the mission of FCC from its very beginning. Let's continue listening to the sermon.
1: Fulfilling this mission, then, is a tremendous task, and its pursuit is plagued by two constant criticisms. Number one, the church is too spiritual, too heavenly-minded, not concerned with the physical needs of the community. And two, The church is too worldly. We are captives of our culture, too involved in the things of the world at the expense of the spiritual. Now, these two criticisms are valid and ought to be weighed against the church with honest scales. We are by no means buffeted from these criticisms just because we bear the name of Christ. But the church is always bombarded with these massive shifts in our culture. The church seems to be in this constant state of change. It is not like it used to be. In fact, some critics suggest that the church has changed more in the past 50 years than it has in the past 1900 years. But despite these criticisms and the changing ebb and flow, the church still stands. When we look at what is happening currently in the church, we can, inf- we can find both encouragement and disappointment pertaining to its mission. <clears throat> According to Leith Anderson, conversions in Christ are estimated to be about 20,000 per day in Africa, 10,000 per day in South America, and 28,000 per day in China. He estimated that over 50,000 new churches would start in South America in 1995 alone. However, in the U.S., we are cl- closed, excuse me, We are closing somewhere between 50 to 60 churches per week. Some predict that the U.S. will in fact be the next great mission field. But the church still stands. You just heard a lot of stats from
0: 24 years ago. And the situation has not changed greatly. The need for evangelism and planting new churches is still urgent. But the work of the church in response to these needs it has increased. The church across the globe today is planting all kinds of new churches and
1: boldly sharing the gospel of Jesus with all people. In light of these encouraging and also frightening expectations, I must say I am thankful to God for FCC, a grand church in God's kingdom. Certainly we are, by God's grace, a place where God is at work in a special way. It is a place where God has raised up people with a sense of joy and a sense of responsibility. God has given us the will and capacity to be the church in our time and in our community. And it is my prayer that we continue to focus and fulfill our mission. The two scripture selections for today are two well-known passages. Matthew 16 speaks about the foundation of the church. On this rock, I will build my my church. Excuse me. Sometimes I have a tiny bit of a stutter. I just have to move past it here, so just bear with me here. Certainly, the church stands on this enduring foundation, the rock. What rock? Well, the proclamation of Jesus Christ as Lord, the church, and its people are those who have been called out to be Christ's presence in the world. Now, we often refer to the church as our church, but it really isn't ours. It belongs to Jesus Christ, for he called it my church. One of the great hymns says, with his own blood, he bought her, and for her life, he died. As part of the church, we have been called out to serve in his name, to carry out his great commission. And thus, we are accountable to Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Also, it is from Jesus that we find strength and guidance. Left to our own undertaking, this church, the church, would have disappeared centuries ago. I have always liked what Pope John 13th used to say. His name was Angelo Roncaille. And he said that he was comforted at night because before he went to sleep, he would always ask himself this question, who governs the church, you or the Holy Spirit? Very well then, go to sleep, Angelo. The Lord Jesus is the rock of the church and it is in his hands, not ours. We are simply his servants the other passage that undergirds this message is Matthew 28 it can excuse me it comes at the time of Jesus ascension the resurrection is reality and Jesus is about to go back up to heaven before he leaves his disciples though, he gives them and us what we call the Great Commission these are the marching orders of the church The fulfillment of his commission is what keeps the future of the church bright and alive. No matter what the condition of the world, God's servants are making new disciples, excuse me, and we are working for a new and better world. With this background, let me return to the beginning of the message. What are we doing at First Christian? Of what, excuse me, of what, I told you, I'll get through it here, one second. Of what earthly use are we it is a legitimate inquiry and I believe we do three things number one we enrich I believe that we are responsible for helping the church grow spiritually in their relationship with Jesus Christ we are to move people along in their walk with Jesus Now, we have all levels of spiritual maturity here, from baby bird to spiritual eagles and everything in between. One of our challenges, then, is to help the baby birds become spiritual eagles. But at the same time, we want to make sure these spiritual eagles eagles don't kill the baby birds. Our task, then, is to provide an environment that wherever you are in your walk of faith, that you will find nourishment. Equally important is that the church try to foster fellowship, Christian fellowship. It is fellowship that gives us a sense of identity and belonging. It is fellowship that creates a desire to care for one another. And it is fellowship that undergirds and enables us to face the crises in our lives. As part of the church, we belong to each other and our response to one another is representative of the enriching environment that we encourage here. That is the reason that we encourage people to get involved in some kind of ministry. That is one of the values, uh, excuse me, values of our Bible studies and Sunday school classes. You develop relationships, you build rapport, and you find fellowship. Then, when you face a crisis or experience a monumental blow in your life, you'll have some place or someone to turn. Do you remember that analogy that I gave a few weeks back? We are not a pyramid with the minister on top. No, we are a circle, and we all work together. What do we do then? We seek
0: to enrich. John just referenced an analogy that Dr. Jeans gave in 1997, a few weeks ago. Well, a few weeks ago has turned into a few decades ago, so I have a hunch that many of you in this room might have forgotten of it by now. Well, if that's the case, let me give you an illustration of it. Here's a picture of it up on the screen for us. On the left, you have a pyramid structure with a clear hierarchy. Jesus is at the very top with ultimate authority, followed by ministers, and at the bottom, everyone else. With this analogy, ministers are the ones who possess all authority and responsibility within the earthly church. Relationship with Christ is mediated through the minister. And everyone else at the bottom? Well, in that case, we just simply passively rely on the minister to connect with God and serve the church. And Don Jeans, he believed that this pyramid model for the church was fundamentally wrong. Because it limits the responsibility of the entire body of Christ and makes the minister the only one through whom meaningful relationship and service to Jesus Christ can occur. So rejecting this model then, Don Jean said a better model for the church is a circle. Jesus Christ, he is at the very center of this circle, the very center of the church, offering his blessing and spiritual gifts to the entire body of Christ not just the ministers. And using those unique gifts, the church is called to circle up in unity and love one another and use the God-given gifts that God has given us to strengthen the circle and further the mission of the church. And one of the ways that we circle up here at FCC, it's through our groups ministry. Back in 1997, FCC relied on Bible studies and Sunday school classes to help us get connected and fulfill the mission of the church. And now in 2021, we have expanded our options. In addition to some incredible Sunday school classes and Bible studies, we also have small groups, dinner for eight groups, breakout groups, and so many other ways to get connected. And next Sunday is Connect Sunday. So if you are interested in getting some more info about upcoming fall groups, we would love for you to join us next Sunday. There will be opportunities during and after the service to interact with other people and figure out ways to connect and get into a small group of any kind and sign up for them. And we strongly encourage you to do this, because Don Jeans was right when he said it is through those groups that we as the church develop relationships, build rapport, and find fellowship. Let's continue listening to the sermon.
1: The second thing that we do here at FCC is we expend. We as a church seek to expend. A, a, ahem, I, I told you I had it. I'm going to get through it. We as a church seek to expend our resources and energy to help people, not just a few people, but all of God's people. We expend of ourselves to help all people who have need, whether they are rich or poor white collar or blue collar, this church is here to help you and to help me. However, don't forget that you are also here to help. You have a responsibility to expend your energy and resources to help others. Don't assume that you are the one to be ministered to, that your needs must be met or you'll go elsewhere, because you will find that your needs are met when you give of yourself. As Paul says in Ephesians, excuse me, Ephesians four, so Christ gave the apostles, the the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people, you all, for works of service so so that the body of Christ may be built up. In the same way, we need to care for each other and expend of our resources for each other. Some years ago, the Associated Press ran a story about Diane Williams. She was a schoolteacher and also a skydiver. One Saturday, she and her companions went for a jump. They all jumped from the plane, and Diane was attempting to join these other, th- <coughs> these other, th- <laughs> mm-hmm. these other three divers, there we go, and she accidentally slammed into the backpack of another diver. She was knocked unconscious and began to hurtle head over heels toward the ground at a speed of 150 miles per hour. Gregory Robertson saw the problem and immediately stretched himself into a vertical dart, arms pinned to his side, ankles crossed, head pointed to the ground in what parachutists call a no-list dive. He was plummeting toward the ground and Diane at 200 miles per hour at 3,500 feet in the air. Gregory caught up to Diane just in time, and he managed to pull her ripcord and his own, and they floated to safety. His gallant effort saved Diane's life. And when he was later asked about this heroic feat, he had this very simple answer. We're here to help each other. This statement should be the motto of the church. We are here to help each other. The third thing that we do as a church is we expand. We need to be reaching out to bring others to Jesus Christ. That is the command of Jesus, go make disciples. We are living in a society in which the religious can be slated as a matter of the periphery. The church is viewed as just another charitable organization that people can support and religion can be done privately. But we need to remember Jesus' charge We are charged with not only being disciples, but also making disciples. In Jesus' own words then, religion is not merely a private matter. It is necessarily public. We are to bear witness in many and varied ways. I personally think the time is right for you and me to be bold in our witness. For a church is not measured by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity when the church begins to define itself in terms of numbers and dollars, then we have lost focus and we are in danger of crumbling. Our task is both inward and outward. Only then are we fulfilling our mission. We must speak the good news into our time without letting the times... I told you I'd get through this. Letting the worries of our time define us. There we go. The opportunity for us to enrich, to expend, and to expand is tremendous. We just need to claim it for Christ. William Carey, the great missionary, said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. As we begin this New Year's, Let's look at what God is is. Ge- <clears throat> I told you i get through this. I had this problem, but you know what? I feel like I'm called to preach, so I'm just going to do it here, okay? As we begin this New Year's, let's look at what God is, is <clears throat> Ah, Sorry about this, people. <clears throat> you know what? This is the failings of a human being, but, you know, God's word is right here, right now, and I hope that it's getting through to you. Let's not rest on our laurels. Let's be proactive for Jesus Christ. It's always time for the church to rise up, to wake up, and to claim our promise. Now, this is the last sermon series on stewardship. And I haven't talked a lot about money. Maybe this is why I'm stuttering, because I'm talking about money. That's probably it. (laughs) (laughs) Our budget is, for 1997... (laughs) Here it is, here's the number, (laughs) $735,000. But, don't think of it as dollars, but think of it in terms of changed lives. Think of it in terms of actually fulfilling the mission of the church, to expand, to enrich, to expend, and to expand. To fulfill our mission, candidly, the church does need your money and I am glad it does, because if it didn't, it would mean that we really aren't doing our job. It would mean that we don't have any vision as a church. It would mean that we really aren't interested in providing care for one another, or nourishment for one another, and it would mean that we have no interest in making disciples, and ultimately, it means that we are just squandering away the mission uh, that God has set before before us. We have not forgotten our mission and forfeited our zeal and compassion and concern for those outside of Christ. For this is the promise that Christ has given to us, that even the gates of hell shall not thwart our mission and that Jesus Christ will be with us even to the very end of the age. Let us hold on to that Mission. Hmm.
0: Thank you, John, for preaching that sermon. I love the way that Don Jeans finished that sermon because he unapologetically declares to the church from the pulpit that the church needs financial resources from its members in order to enrich, expend, and expand for the sake of God's kingdom. And Don Jeans, he was right. If we believe that God has called us as a church to love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories, one of the ways that we can do that is by supporting our mission through financial giving here at FCC. And that's why so many of us in this congregation across the financial and age spectrum regularly give to the church for the sake of the church's mission— Giving to the church's general fund empowers the ministry of the church and allows us to bless the community in meaningful ways. It is through our consistent giving that as the body of Christ, we can serve the homeless, send students to Appalachian Christian camp, start new Sunday school classes, and empower our children's ministries, and so much more. We also see this in the way that we are interacting and serving for our 150th birthday as a church. We have all kinds of 150th birthday presents to open up, and we're looking forward to them. The FCC is not simply receiving these gifts. Instead, we are giving them away to local and global ministries. And many of you in this room and online, you have given above and beyond what you would normally give because you want to help us in that mission. And giving away those gifts... It's just another way that we as a church family here at FCC are trying to do what Don Jeans challenged us to do back in 1997. Enrich, expend, and expand. The mission of FCC is to love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories. That has been our mission from the very beginning. And I'll tell you what, we're going to keep pursuing that mission knowing that the gates of hell have no power to overcome and stop the church of Jesus Christ, we are going to pursue that mission knowing that Jesus himself is with us as we seek to do what God has called us to, to the very end of the age.